Hello. Um, yeah, I'm back. You know, welcome back to the Mind Your Fitness podcast. Again, with me, your host, Tom Fowler. Third series. Wow. Um, yeah, thank you for coming back for the third series. And if you're new to the to the show, welcome. Uh, yeah, so it's grown arms and legs since the, the first two series. And I am so excited to share all of the knowledge bombs that I have for you. It's yeah, it's going to be insane. I'm going to be talking to to more guests on on this series, and I can't wait to share their journey with you all. You know, to help you become a you know a stronger and more resilient person. Please don't forget to subscribe, review, and share the show wherever you may listen to it. Throw it on your Instagram and you know tag me in it. And um, so yeah. I'm, Buzzing to get them started. So, you know, with that in mind, let's get cracking on with today's show. Let's get ready to rumble. Okay, so joining us on the show today is a bit of a local legend. He hosts two podcasts. He's a very open and honest man, uh, especially around his own mental health journey. And I would actually now consider him quite a good friend. And I think I've already talked to him more than I do my own wife. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Taylor Pattinson. <laughs> Thank you. That was a very, very nice introduction. But yeah, that was a little bit much. <laughs> little bit. <laughs> no, but it's nice. Like, I appreciate it. But I agree with that. Like, I do. I would now class you as a friend. So. Thanks, mate. I mean, yeah, I did say close. Really appreciate friend, think, it. But... <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll, I'll take it for what I can. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you're up there like with Janine from EastEnders. So, you know, you've got some tough competition, mate. <laughs> this is why I'm actually glad I managed to get you on. Not like, you're kind of peeking to that celebrity status. But I think if I can, no, I'm, sure. I'm, no, I'm not. If Shut I can up. get you now, then it's my pain to fame. Oh, my God. Oh, don't be silly. James was like, just your average kid from Cov. I'm like, yeah. I had him on a podcast once. <laughs> like, four people listened to it. It was sound. <laughs> oh, God. So. No. We'll see, see what happens. I'll take, take you with me. Yeah. Oh, cheers, mate. <laughs> like, I can carry your bags. Like, it's all right. There go. <laughs> Perfect. Who doesn't need a bag? <laughs> I mean, you are the bloke that shared a pizza with Beyonce. I didn't share a pizza. Oh, she gave you. She a pizza. bought me a pizza. I wouldn't share a pizza. I'm not even not even with Beyonce. <laughs> she don't strike me as a person. Or if she is, she'd definitely be ham and pineapple. Yeah, oh, do you? But I like ham and pineapple pizza. Do you know what? It's it gets slated and slagged. It ain't that bad. It's not that bad. And I remember because I bought it by accident once, and I like I didn't realise till like I got it at home and like we were having pizza for dinner. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's ham and pineapple. And I thought, you know what? Just give it a go. And I really enjoyed it. That's it. Like, so I think people are scared to enjoy it because of Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. But not only that, I feel Sorry. like if you kind of go against the grain or against the opinion in any way, shape or form, you have like these people like, uh, like 
that's disgusting. It's like, I find it all the time with like music. Yeah. Like, you know, like if you say like, oh, I listen to like Pitbull or, you know, someone else <laughs> along those lines are like, oh my God, why'd you listen to that for this, this, and this, and this? And like, because it makes me happy and I want to. <laughs> are you actually why. taking the piss? What? So earlier you text me and you said, give me an album. So I told you, <laughs> you were like, absolutely not. I don't like drum and bass. No, I didn't say absolutely not. I said, I'm not a fan of drum and bass. That's all I said. I didn't say like, uh, you listen to drum and bass. It was more, you know, not a fan. You've made me embarrassed now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've gone red. So, on your part, you like to start with asking your guests uh, what's pissed them off during the week. Yeah. I'm going to kind of flip it a little bit, though. So, rather okay. than knowing what's pissed you off this week, what's been the highlight yeah. of your week? Obviously, excluding Ooh. coming on the pod. That... That is a very good question, Tom. I don't know. Has it been that much um, of a week that you, you can't... You can't... Do you know on? what? Like, I think I have been riding a, like a bit of a, like a positive wave lately, which is quite weird for me as it is. But then to kind of pinpoint it for this week, I'd probably say probably the connections I've made this week and the people like, it's probably just sound like really big headed, but it's like, I've had some really nice feedback and I've had some people say to me things like, Oh, you inspired me to do this because of your podcast and stuff like that, which for me, because of where it started and how it was kind of born out of like a really painful experience for me to now be able to flip that on its head and, it's, it's people are saying it inspired them which I think is a little bit dramatic <laughs> but like do you know what I mean it's I don't know so I probably I'd say that I'd probably say that that was probably my highlight of the week apart from like this that. obviously no I like that but <laughs> do you not think though like that's the whole point of you you know the podcast and, and what you're doing like, um, whether or not you like it or not, to be fair, you are going to inspire yeah. people. I think it just takes me by surprise, like still, because from a real selfish point of view, like this whole podcast was done for me. Hmm. Like it wasn't done to like help people. It was done to help me with my anxiety, you know, my PTSD and, you know, just to, just to talk and be open and be yeah. kind of getting out of my comfort zone and having to talk about it kind of thing. So to then have it helping me the way it has to then filter out to help other people. Like it's, it's quite overwhelming as much as it's like a really positive thing. Like I could never have man imagined the impact that it was going to have not only on myself, but, from a lot of other people hmm. but, I'm, but I'm very grateful that it has because you know I've made some incredible friends you know I've learned so much about 
you know, mental health. I've learned so much about myself. Mm. So yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful. I mean, and let, let's be honest, it's pretty much changed your life. Yeah. And yeah. It's only changed your life for the better. Obviously there, there would have been hurdles along the way. Yeah. But you know, overall it's literally it's changed your life. Yeah. It's, it's mad. Like, cause it, it was around this time last year that kind of I was at rock bottom I, mm. you know I'm to fact like I'm, I'm not afraid to say it but like I didn't want to continue living my life the way it, I was living it yeah so then to be able to go through all that fear and have all in those those thoughts and being like you know I don't want to be here like you know everyone's kicking off like it's easier if I'm not in the situation to then now talking about it and being so honest and kind of accepting that yeah okay this bad stuff did happen I'm not going to allow it to define me and kind of using it now as motivation and kind of like fuel to Mm. my fire if you like it's mad because if you would have told me I'd be in the position I am now a year ago I I I wouldn't have believed you I I would have literally probably would have just laughed in your face it's yeah it's, it's very overwhelming yeah, and to be fair, that's I'm kind of glad that's sort of how you said you feel because I'm. You, can you see this? Yeah, I'm going to read it to you anyway. So this is this is the post that you put up last week. So I have a top ten podcast in the UK. I've been having really bad imposter syndrome lately with all the positive changes in my life. As sad as it sounds, happiness really isn't an emotion that I really often, that I feel often as I'm so used to feeling anxious or worried. I just want to thank every single one of you that have helped me make this happen. Listen, every listen, every message and every one of my incredible guests so far. The Waffle Shop was never about numbers. It was a chance for me to get out of my comfort zone, challenge myself and to help my anxiety and PTSD, I think it's safe to say it's worked as it's genuinely changed my life. And I know for a fact, <laughs> by me reading that out, that's, that's embarrassed <laughs> you. But uh, it's like, it actually gave me goosebumps, so it's actually probably really narcissistic that my own kind of words have <laughs> made me feel like that. <laughs> but though, the fact that you've been able to take a step back evaluate and appreciate it yeah and actually just i uh, accept what you know what yeah. you have accomplished and I, I genuinely think a lot of people do struggle with self-praise and yeah. they don't celebrate success especially when you know you, you've come from harder times yeah and yeah it, it is hard to to praise yourself I think as well in this generation that we're in, I think success to a lot of people looks like, you know, a six bedroomed house, a Range Rover and, you know, that kind of, you know, thing. But success to me is just for myself being happy and the people around me being happy. Like if I can make that bit of a difference and makes someone else's life a little bit better. That's what success is to me. Yeah. And to be fair, I was, I was just about to ask you, you know, what do you deem as success? Because yeah, unfortunately 
I think through the power of social media, a lot of people yeah. kind of do look at success of having massive lumps of money in the bank, having the yeah. car, the, the body, the girls, whatever. But that's just chasing material things. You know, you can get exactly. 100 grand in the bank, but then are you going to be any happier once that money's in the bank? No, no you definitely not. Another figure. I think it's well, like I've always been, because I haven't really grew up around like a load of money you know like I would you know I would from you know my mom was a single parent it was you know it's very tough at times yeah so now we're coming through the other side and there is that little bit of you know things are a lot easier now it's kind of like oh okay I, I don't really know what to do with it so I'm quite grateful that we went through that struggle to now like I mean things are a lot better now like kind of like financially but I will still wear the same pair of like Converse until they're literally falling off my feet. And then I'll go and buy the same pair of Converse and do exactly the same thing. Like it's, you know, and it's quite sad because I've got friends that still live in that kind of mentality of like, I need to look a certain way. I need to do this. I need to do this. And it's just, you know, I think from what, from everything that happened to my mom and just knowing how fast, life can change you know like whether it's a death whether it's you know a life changing kind of any traumatic event like i got into my head that when the day comes to like my funeral i want people to be standing there and being like you know what remember this time look at this photo look at this video look what he's done rather than being remembered for oh well we had a nice car Mm. Like you can't take it with you. No, that's but like the kind of impact that you can have and like the memories and you know, stuff like that. Like it's I think that to me is so much more important than the kind of materialistic, kind of superficial stuff. Yeah, hundred percent. That was kind of I I think if more people (laughs) were to kind of live that way. (laughs) I mean, I mean I'm sitting in an as the t shirt. There's nothing wrong with that. The plain black as the t-shirt. People yeah. keep buying for me at birthdays and Christmas because I literally don't care. I don't need anything. Yeah. And if if I think that I need something, I'll just go and get it. <laughs> exactly. It's so, just really, but I think as well, like obviously we're a similar age, so I think it is that kind of like I don't need the flashy labels. I don't need stuff like that. Like, I mean, some of the clothes that are out at the minute are so obnoxious and yeah. I just, I don't know. I don't know if it's an age thing or, you know, the way I've been brought up, but it's just, it does not interest me in the slightest, any of that. Same. Like, it just, yeah, I've got no interest. So I want to steer the conversation back a little bit because you are good at steering. <laughs> I'd, I'd said yeah <laughs> I said from the start oh. so good, yeah. I'm really going to try and get you like comfort zone okay obviously we'll try to keep it like hard as well but so I just want to talk about your mum okay so obviously you said you come from uh, a single parent background yeah things are obviously tough so obviously you, got, you your sister and you've got brothers as well haven't you I have, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, naturally things are going to be tough. And then mm-hmm. your mum got ill. Yeah. So are you are you open to talk about that? 
Yeah, no, definitely. Because I think, you know, it's these kind of conversations that, and having these kind of conversations has got to me where I am now. Mm. So I'm not, don't get me wrong, it's still quite tough to talk about. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, there's still, there are days and stuff like Monday just gone. That Literally, it was one of those days I was like, I'm not moving, not yeah. getting out of bed, not, you know, I'm just going to allow myself to have that day. Um, but having these kind of conversations, you like, that they are like therapy because mm. it's, it's that little bit of a chance of normality and have it, I don't know, kind of processing it. Yeah. So yeah, no, I'm happy to talk about it. Do your so, worst. So yeah. So let's talk about mum. Yeah. So talk us through, so, so she's, she's not very well. So what, like, what is it? What, what is it? She's not very well with. Um, so my mum was a very active woman, you know, up at 6am, you know, coffee, fag in the mouth, like, what do you want for dinner? As soon as you wake up, you're like, oh my God, like, give me a break. Let me have breakfast. Um, exactly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, so she had a slip disc in her back and it was causing her a lot of grief and she went in to have it operated on. During the operation, um, which we thought went okay, um, she was recovering, like she was discharged from hospital and then a few days later, she was really delirious. She was a little bit all over the place. And I thought she was overdosing on a medication yeah. because she was that kind of out of it. Um, and then it got to a stage where I was having to like carry her to the toilet. And there was bits of, I was like, she wasn't remembering like our names. Yeah. I was like, something's not right here. So we got her to hospital. And what was actually happening was her spinal fluid was leaking and it collected at the bottom of the spine and became infected. Mm. So I left the hospital around probably one, two, no, probably can't really, I always get this wrong. It's probably about, probably about midnight because my sister was starting her GCSEs the day after, but they reassured me like, we're just going to drain the fluids. Like it's very simple, this, that, and the other. I was like, okay, came away feeling confident, like spoke to my mum. was like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. You know, off you go. Um, and then literally sent my sister off to start her GCSEs. And then I literally, I don't even think the door had closed and my phone rang to say, Taylor, you need to get to the hospital now. We need to make a decision into your mum's brain. Mm. And then when I got there, it was just, it was just fucking carnage. Mm. It was, I just, it's, it's still very blurry. Like there's still, I think it will, it will come back to me. I think when obviously the time's right, but literally when I got there, they were like, yeah, the spinal fluid has traveled up the spine, caused a blockage at the bottom of her brain, which then caused the brain to drop, mm. which then obviously stopped the oxygen going and flowing to her brain. So then they were saying things like, you know, brain dead and, you know, you know, life support machines, there's no signs of life. And you just like, no 24 hours ago yeah. that's yeah that's not that's that's not my mom that's yeah. that's not what's happening here and for anyone who has been in any kind of like hospital or doctor's waiting room they're not very nice anyway <laughs> so when you're in those kind of situations and 
you know, you're in absolute bits and then you've got like people staring at you and stuff like that. Like it's so intimidating. And I just remember like trying to get my head around what was going on, trying to, cause you would kind of immediately go into like, I have to notify everyone. I need to do this. I need to do that. But my initial thought was I need to protect my sister. Yeah. Like whatever's going to happen with my mom is going to happen. I That's out of my control. I can't do anything, but I, I needed to be there when my sister found out. So obviously she was still in school. Um, so I hid in a cupboard in the hospital <laughs> until literally until she'd finished her like exam for the day. And then I sp- obviously my, a lot of my family were there, spoke to them. I was just like, I, I need to go. I need yeah. to go and speak. And obviously tell my little sister. And I tell you what, mate, it was probably having that conversation was probably the one of the worst moments of my life. Do you think from that moment you you kind of stopped being like a lad or like a boy and from that yeah. moment on you, you had to become a man? You had to Yeah, and I think that that because parent for your sister. It's exactly that. But but because I I was so used to kind of being the man of the house and being like the provider and stuff like that. Like it, it, it didn't come out as a huge shock to me because in drips and drabs, I was kind of already doing it. But then when it was like, bam, here you go, this is what's happening. I didn't have the time to even think like I literally just went from zero to a hundred because I think, from now looking back, I think I just tried to distract myself from what was actually going on yeah, and try to be there for everyone else. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was tough, really tough. And, and how long ago was this? So it's nearly three years ago now. Fuck. So that's really, it's yeah. still really fresh, still really raw. Yeah. And do you know what I mean? It's not even like it was, you know, it's not like as if like we've got like a resolution Mm. from it. Like, you know, mom went into, you know, intensive care and they kept on life support machine, you know, and even with that, like I was taken to another little room and they were like, we've done all we can. We're turning the machine off. So it was just like, again, taking that like blow, if you like, and just being like, I don't know what to do with this. So again, it was, I'm so grateful that my sister was going through her exams at that time because I remember speaking to the doctor in the corridor saying, please, I was practically begging him to saying like, look, please keep the life support machine on. Like just get my sister through her exams, keep everything normal. And he said like, okay, but then what I had to do, I had to give, I had to send him an email with the date and time of my sister's last exam. And they were like, that's it. Yeah. But obviously when that time came she started breathing by herself like she went from strength to strength and you know it was it was tough and like even now like I don't even know how how we did it like we were sitting like by her bedside like up to 12 hours a day just like squeeze my hand Mm. squeeze my hand just like give me like something to just I know that you're there because and this, this is something that I, I struggle with on a daily basis is that I kind of wrote my mom off. 
Mm. Like I kind of thought this is it now. Like there's, I mean, she's, she's not there, but then it was my little sister was like, she is, she is there. She's still here. Like she's still going to like pull through this. Yeah. And you know, she's, she did, you know, she's now in a, you know, a, an incredible care home. And, you know, I get to speak to her two, three times a day. I got her to my sister's 18th birthday. So do you know what I mean? It's just it's little things like that now, yeah. like kind of outweigh the bad. Because there's, yeah. there's a lot of positives that have come from it. But yeah, it was, yeah, 100%. It's, it's tough. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fucking incredible. Yeah, it's, 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 it's insane. Like even like you had all that going on, then you have all like the family dynamics and then you have like every man and his dog. And, you know, there was people saying to me like, oh, you know, Gemma shouldn't be living with you. She should be in a proper stable family home. You know, you're not good for her. And, you know, there's little moments throughout of it when she, like the day she got her GCSEs results, mate, was probably one of the proudest days of my life. Because literally after all the kind of shit that we had and like all these kind of comments of like, you know, she shouldn't be living with him, this, that and the other. We were going to Reading Festival and she opened her results and it's literally, I was, she was like, I've done all right. And I thought, you know what, let's just go away. We'll get pissed. We'll just let off some steam. Yeah. And then when she actually read out her results and it was like A star, A, 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 B, B, I was just like, do you know what? You're right. <laughs> literally, even now, like I get goosebumps because do you know what? Like no matter what anyone said, like she did that at probably the most vulnerable part of her life. If, if she can get so, those results in, in that situation she was in. Yeah. It, to be fair, in my eyes, she's already a success. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. There's, there's nothing exactly. she wouldn't be able to accomplish. And I think that's what it was. I think a lot of people in when there's either a death or there's something bad happened, like people always want to play the hero. People always, there's always someone who wants to kind of step in. And I think now be from being in that situation, kind of still being in that situation. I think a lot of people's guilt kicked in that they kind of watched my mom struggle for a long period of time and they did absolutely nothing to help the situation. Yeah. So then when it came to a time where, we were being attacked. Like we were having like death threats. Like we were literally like, I still won't go towards like, like round the corner to yeah. like the bull's head. And I think like purely because I don't want to bump into any of those kind of people. And it's not because like, I'm scared. It's just because they're not, they're not worth like my time now. Like we've situation. Yeah. And it's not only that, but it's like, look at us now. Like you all try to tear us down. And, you know, I look at my sister and like, how happy she is and like how well she's done and then look at kind of like what I've achieved from a personal level like you know what like who were you to tell us that we were wrong or we were you know wrong for doing this because you weren't in our situation you know but you kind of thought it was your job to judge us and who's laughing now (laughs) (laughs) exactly it it really is true and yeah, people will always try to be like the hero, and a lot of yeah. that, like you said, it, it kind of comes from guilt. Like, if yeah, they see like, you're struggling and they did nothing about it, yeah, then yeah, that that's that's on them. And then when they're saying like these things and they're giving you death threats and stuff, it's just a projection of their own hatred. Yeah, you know. But whilst you're in that situation, you don't. I didn't see it like that. 
mm-hmm. I went down a real dark path of like, I'm a horrible person. I'm in the wrong. Cause, and then, but then what it had done was because I've always been that person to be the man of the house and look after my mom, you know, you know, do everything, not everything, but like, you know, me and my sister have an incredible relationship to then have people saying that's wrong. That's wrong. It was like, well, I was questioning like my whole life. Yeah. Cause it was like, well, this is all I know how to do is to look after my mom and my sister. Mm. So now like all of a sudden I've got all these people telling me that I'm wrong for doing that. And it was like, well, if I hadn't have done that and I hadn't have stepped up to the mark, like if I, if my sister wasn't going through her exams at the time, and if I hadn't have had that conversation with the doctor at that time, my mom might be dead. Yeah. And I know that sounds really hard hitting and quite morbid, but everything that was supposed to happen has happened for a reason. And this yeah. is why now I can stand with my head held high. and be like, do you know what? Yeah. I'm not an angel. I could have handled things a lot better, but I've also could have handled the situation a lot worse and no one. And I won't allow anyone to tell me that I'm wrong for what I've done. And that's not from like a big headed way. And it's quite weird saying those words out loud because I think I'm just hearing them saying like, yeah. It's, it's good though. You know, and this is what <laughs> I said to you earlier, like the fact that you can take that. Step. That was a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually got tears in my eyes. <laughs> oh, but like, it's good. Like the fact that you are able to, to take that self-reflection because yeah. it is hard and as a bloke this is where the stigma comes into play and it's yeah fucking hard yeah so one of the things well i guess two of the things that we kind of really share is we both suffer from anxiety and yeah we, we both have ptsd yeah obviously there are multiple triggers for for ptsd yeah but there, there's so much about it that people they kind of don't understand because yeah correct me if i'm wrong but whenever i say to people that i have ptsd one of the first things they say to me is so so when did you leave the military or yeah what happened when you're in exactly the that and it's like yeah. oh, okay so i had some childhood traumas <laughs> yeah fortunately have followed me into my adult life mm. and i suppressed those feelings for pff, years yeah and it wasn't until 2018 that I actually got some help and support. So that's only what two yeah. years. Yeah, I was gonna say that's still like that's really recent. Yeah, and like, I'm not ashamed to admit that you know I still have like really bad days. Yeah, and I I do still take medication. Like, I take surgery. Yeah, and I don't think like I think there's there's a really key word that you said there, but it's like the like I'm not ashamed and stuff like that, like. It, this is why I'm so grateful to be able to have these conversations because, you know, we shouldn't be ashamed. Like, you know, like if you have those bad days, like they make, they make you human. Like if you were like out with a smile on your face every day, I'd be like more inclined to like throw a brick or something. <laughs> but like, no one is that happy all the time. And you know, like as two, what, 30 year old lads, we kind of just sat here now, like we're talking like, yeah, we take medications. Yes, we've got PTSD. Yes, we've got anxiety. But we're throwing this in as if like we're talking about the weather. That's how yeah. normal 
it's becoming and you know it's, it's nothing to be ashamed of yeah definitely and to be fair it's absolutely pissing it down yeah <laughs> all, all i can hear miserable. is miserable i think i've got a slight crack in the gutter and all i can hear is just water oh don't i've got one at, uh, at the back door that so yeah <laughs> Because it sounds like it's absolutely like torrential. I know, yeah, it's look not. It's just <laughs> <laughs> quick. Oh God, it was, yeah, <laughs> so middle aged. <laughs> anyway, I'm I'm younger than you. You're still thirty. Yeah, I, know. I think it's literally like about a couple of months, maybe. I'm September. What are you? April. Yeah, April. Yeah, you. You technically you'd be the year above me at school. Yeah. So I'm going to have two lockdown birthdays. <sighs> Great. To be fair, there's potential I will as well. <laughs> but do you know what's really nice? Because when the time comes when I will actually celebrate my 30th, I feel like I've got so many more people to invite now. <laughs> oh, yeah. All my celeb pals will be there. Like, it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be Who's quite going to be the, the soiree. Who's the invite, though? <laughs> oh, probably Janine. <laughs> like this <laughs> knew it. actually not like she hasn't actually spoke to me since she's actually <laughs> it wouldn't she's surprise me order, let's be honest yeah i did message her a lot i can imagine yeah but the thing is right you have to be really really persistent yeah because it there's like a fine line i think between being keen and being the best yeah but it's hard because you know you want to email them or you want to send them a message through Instagram and then it kind oh, of. Gets- I do everything, mate Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email, Not any Facebook. avenue that I can get in to speak to, like who I want to speak to. Like I will try everything I possibly can. The phone book. <laughs> I didn't even know they still existed. <laughs> Did you like dress up as a bush? Just wait outside. Just wait outside their house. I actually remember I was in the Alan Higgs. Like I was on the treadmill mm. when I got that message. And what annoyed me, it didn't annoy me. She read my previous message. So she let she left me like on red. And I thought, you know what? She's read it. I've blew my chance. Yeah. Like, just leave it now. And I was on the treadmill in the Alan Higgs. And I got a message come through and it was obviously like Charlie Brooks. And I was like, who the fuck is Charlie Brooks? <laughs> Forgetting that's her real name, <laughs> not Janine. <laughs> <So> <laughs> when I got the message, I literally had to like hit the pause button on the treadmill. Cause I was so like, shit. About like, to fly. Oh off. my God. Yeah. Like, oh my God. And then I think I literally replied back straight away and i was like yes i can book this in i was like she must have actually thought i've sat there waiting <laughs> just sat waiting uh, yeah like, i haven't checked my diary but i know i'm free on that day that yeah time. i'm free i'm free <laughs> i was still working obviously the full-time job then and i think we recorded it at like 10 a.m and I, i'm gonna say it now but i actually lied to get out of my 10 a.m meeting in my day job and said like oh i've got a call with like my mum's solicitor or something <laughs> <laughs> Just so I could, because she was like, oh, I'm traveling, to, I'm, I'm working on something, like I'm going to Australia, or she was doing something. So she was like, I've, I've got a very short window. And she was like, the only time I've got is like 10am on this day. And I was just like, yep, I'm free. 
Let's do it. Imagine if you turned up the yeah. opportunity down though. I wouldn't. I'm, do you know what? I've kind of, like, you know, we're talking about like comfort zones and stuff like that. Like, and to be fair, like I can't say this because I'm moaned about, I need to start saying no, but depending on what it is, but like, I feel like if an opportunity is like put in front of me now, I'm going to take it. If it goes wrong, it goes wrong because I feel like I've got three years worth of kind of like mistakes and yeah. catching up <laughs> to do. So, yeah, and you know, even yeah. if it doesn't go to plan, there's always something that could be learned. Exactly. And okay, that, that I've really never had that luxury before, whereas now I do. Yeah. And to be fair, that leads really nicely into my next question. So I don't see failure as as a positive, uh, as a negative. I always see it as <laughs> positive. Yeah. And I always think there's a lesson learned. Like, yeah. get back up, try again. I kind of want to narrow it down over the last year. So what would you deem as your biggest failure and what have you learned from it? Do you know what? I'm going to get quite deep here but i think the biggest failure was probably not trusting myself and trusting my own judgment when the time was right that probably sounds really cryptic but obviously if i had done this like this whole journey the way i kind of wanted to do it I don't know if it could have ended up worse. It could have ended up better. I don't know. But I think I kind of failed to see my own self-worth at the start of last year and allowed other people to kind of make decisions and which jeopardized my happiness and my confidence. Don't get me wrong, I got it back. And then I was like, no, you know, I stood up, you know, to these kind of people. I was like, no, I don't like the way you're you know, you're treating me, it's not okay, it doesn't sit right with me. And yeah, I think that, so it probably sounds like quite self-critical, but I think, yeah, failing to see my own self-worth and kind of ignoring my judgment and confidence. I think I've, I've, I let myself down a little bit at the beginning of the year, of last year. That is actually quite deep. Yeah, but good though. I, I actually I struggle with it on a daily basis. I still feel like I've I've done something bad or I'm a bad person for kind of cutting people off. But I think sometimes you've got to for your own kind of mental well being. Yeah, definitely. And I have this conversation quite a lot with some of my clients, and yeah. You know, it is hard and sometimes we, we do stay connected to people because of time and yeah. geography. It's like nostalgia, know. isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, these, these people, they might not be serving you in any way, shape or form. But yeah, we hold on to them because yeah. they've always been there. But then time moves on, people move on. And yeah. you could have someone that you've known for a couple of weeks but this could be the, sh the most shittest couple of weeks of your life. But that yeah. person could have been there for you for that whole time. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what's important. 
you know, yeah. when... Well, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to give you a compliment here now. Like, yeah. obviously on, on your show, see how you like it. But like, even like the connection that I've made with you and how open I can be with you, like it was like almost straight away, like... I didn't know you lived in the same city. I didn't know yeah. you lived around the corner. Like I, we, we know like quite a lot of the same people. We, I, I, we didn't know each other. Yeah. I feel more comfortable and I've probably been given more of a confidence boost from you. And I've known you five minutes yeah. compared to some of these people that I've had to cut off. And I think, there is a compliment in there somewhere. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, there's one in there. I'm, I'm struggling to yeah, I'm struggling to articulate the next bit without sounding like a dick. But oh, you know, you surround yourself with the right people can have yeah. the biggest impact and the biggest change on your life. And it's it's difficult because no one wants to be a bad person. No one wants yeah. to kind of cut people off. But you know, you've got to do what's right for you. And unfortunately, we're in a time and generation that people want to see you do well mm. but not better than them yeah and i think if you surround yourself with those people you're not going to win yeah and i think you can kind of spot those people a mile off sometimes oh, yeah 100%. 100%. so yeah yeah no, I'll, so I'll thank be... you for not being one of those people <laughs> frankly i've only got you on here to boost my numbers <laughs> oh wow where am i wow but no, like I am, um, I'm very much um, a fan of like you know your inner circle or what is it they called it at my daughter's school? Circle your hand trust. of trust. <laughs> so you have like five people in your life that are kind of yeah. there for you, and you feel like they're on the same kind of path. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I think kind of we. I think we just kind of get each other and I think we kind of both yeah. like I love seeing when you like when you're really successful with your guests and like, the stuff that you keep throwing out there yeah and I just think it's so nice and refreshing to see someone that I have a but you know what this is and this really is a, this is another com, com, compliment here so when stuff like that happens genuinely you're probably one of the first people now be like oh my god this has happened this oh. has happened so it's like, even you know, when you said earlier, like, oh, you didn't tell me this. And I was like, I swear I told you that. Yeah. And it's not because like I'm, but then I've got friends who are friends at an arm's distance that yeah. I won't even tell them like who I've got like on it, on the, who I've recorded with or who I've spoken to just because like they don't share that same kind of passion and that same kind of like, you know, like if you were doing well, like I'd be the first person to like hype you up and yeah. you know, likewise. And I think, they're the people that you should be surrounding yourself with. And like, if your friends aren't getting excited and they're not kind of pushing you to be the best version of you, I don't want to sound like, you know, like cut them off, but they're probably not as good as a friend as you think they are. Yeah. yeah that um, sounds like as if like cut them all off, fuck them. I know, but, <laughs> but it's, it's true. So, I'm going to start to look wrapping it up soon because I, I am conscious that you're going to say, Tom, I've had enough. I need a wee. I need a wee. <laughs> I've got to go. <laughs> so, you could have any three people to interview on the Waffle Shop podcast. Any three people 
dead or alive, who would they be and why? Number one, all jokes aside, would be Pitbull. Yeah. Right? Purely because if you actually like dive into his like background, he did a lot for like his mom, his community, like he knew struggle before he got to where he is now. So he would actually be number one because yeah. not that like I'm a, a bold, talented Spanish rapper, but I do relate to him quite a lot. <laughs> Second would be Amy Winehouse. Yeah. I have been an Amy Winehouse fan from literally the first album, the first time I heard her voice. And it was like, I was very grateful. I got to see her in some like jazz cafe in London. I think it was in, I don't know if it was Brixton or I can't think of where it was um, before she hit obviously the big time. And her Back to Black album got me through my mum and dad's divorce yeah so there's certain songs on that like i look back on it's like because it was i love how music does that like it takes you back to that time and you can kind of appreciate like how far you've come and like how that's how it made me feel at that time but now it makes me feel like this yeah so she would be my number two um number three um I don't know. It's a toughie, ain't it? Yeah, because I wanna I don't know whether to go like more sentimental with it. But I think if I was able to have a conversation like this or be able to talk about like the past and you know the struggles and stuff like that with my mom mm. in a kind of a state where she would kind of understand it and be able to have like a a proper full you know full-blown two-way yeah. kind of conversation i'd love to kind of just kind of say thank you and just kind of like appreciate how far like we've come and stuff like that so i think as much as that probably could still happen in the future but Obviously, in what capacity, I, I, I don't know, but yeah, but I probably say, I probably say my mom. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's going to embarrass you again, but I can guarantee your mom is as proud as punch of the man that you've become. Yeah. <laughs> Let that sink in for a second. Yeah, do, that. do you know what, mate? for the first time in my life i've got both of my parents on site and both of them have told me how proud they are of me and again if you had told me that like three four years ago i didn't ever think i was going to speak to my dad again yeah to now i've got the best relationship i've ever had with my mom and now i can sit and have a beer with my dad and i think if it was all to end tomorrow like if I wasn't to make it or, you know, the waffle shop came to an end or whatever it was, I've, I've, when you like talking about success, like I've achieved everything and more already. Like everything that happens next is just the cherry on the top of the yeah. waffle or whatever it is. <laughs> I was going to say cake, but it's not really on brand, is it? <laughs> you ruined it. 
I know, sorry. That was a real nice sentimental moment. But yeah, I don't even like savoury waffles. No, I prefer like potato waffles over like sweet waffles. I know. And I can't do anything about it now because it doesn't go with the branding. No, to be fair, if you put a square waffle on the background, I'm just... Exactly. Now, like, yeah, exactly. It looks shit. It wouldn't have the same. So, it's all a lie. <laughs> it's not even a shot. <laughs> exactly. Do you know the amount of people who were gutted when I was? they thought I was actually opening up like a dessert shop? To be fair, to be I, fair like, I have had people say like, you know that Taylor geezer from the waffle shop? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> he's actually sell waffles. I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's, he's going to be okay. <laughs> Do you know what? I think there will come a time where I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do something. But yeah, like, no, I'm sorry to disappoint everyone. Yeah, he's at Fargo Village, yeah. Gosford Street, Coventry. <laughs> unit six. Never say never. Whoever owns that unit. <laughs> yeah, never <What's> say <laughs> never. <laughs> okay, so now I've embarrassed you enough, I just want to throw some quick fire, silly questions at you. Oh, God. So, uh, I want to start with this one, right? Because you've asked this question to a guest before and it really pissed you off that you didn't know the answer. Right. But I actually have <laughs> the answer. Oh, okay. Why do horses wear shoes? Oh, no, I do know this. Oh, go on then. I do know this. It's because, and do you know what's really weird? I said this to someone, I, I was a guest on their show, and she was like, well, I know the answer to this because... I have, um, I have ponies. I have a horse. And I was like, I felt so stupid because I was like, God, <laughs> we should pick something else now. <laughs> Come on, I know with a smart ass like you, um, it's to stop them standing their own shit. <laughs> it's to protect their nails. Yeah, because they got really <laughs> fragile nails. Yeah, who would have thought it? I know. After I heard it, I can't remember who you had you on. It might have been Laura. Um, is it Laura from Bake Off? You asked that too. Probably not. I think I'll probably ask everyone. I was just asking everyone. <laughs> but yeah, I went to see my grand grandparents like, yeah. that weekend. I was because my granddad's big into horse racing. I was like, Yeah, why are they wearing horseshoes? And bang, yeah. because like, they've got brittle nails, stops from trodden in their own shit. Yeah. I was like, Shit, should have got Taylor to interview oh, you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it saved me at like a three, four sleepless nights. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I just didn't Google it. Yeah, <laughs> why did not just yeah. Google it? It's just stupid. <laughs> okay, next question. What is the weirdest thing a guest has ever done in your house? You don't have to name one, but what I is will. the weirdest thing someone's ever um, done in your house? <laughs> um. Um, it's not the I don't think it's the weirdest right but it's probably weird from my point of view but I'm a huge Lego fan like yeah. Lego is a big coping mechanism for me like you know I've got it all around the house not like on the floor but like I have it like around the house and stuff like that and because it's in like certain places I know like where certain things are and I remember I think it was like a little Lego Spider-Man or something and it had moved Mm. and I remember like turning around to my mate I was like have you moved my Lego he was like no I was like I think you might have moved my Lego but no <laughs> one else has been here like you've moved my Lego 
And I just remember I kind of accused me. And then I think by doing that, I kind of opened up the floodgates because then he turned up like a week later with like Lego bricks in his, his pocket just to see if I'd notice. So I don't think it's, it's probably more weird on my behalf that I noticed. <laughs> I was expecting to say like someone's pissed in a vase. No. I don't have like classic ornaments, do I? I have like, no, true, I've got know. like Hogwarts or I have like a, like a Batmobile. Yeah, I've got, I've, I've got boxes of it in there that I still need to build. Get on it. Right. Did I ever tell you that story when I was in Tesco? No. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing already, I don't know. <laughs> no, that woman, she threw a pint of milk at me. I was like, fucking, how dare he? <laughs> I'm lactose intolerant, so I actually find that quite offensive. Oh, shit. <laughs> and then, to be fair, I carried on walking, and then um, <laughs> then she threw some cheese at me. I thought, how mature? Wow. Yeah, that's what this, that's what this podcast has uh, come from. I don't think you could have stooped much lower. I, <laughs> I might as well just like, what you call a man with a spade in his head? Dog. Dog. Yeah, I mean... I think what's worse is that I actually know the answers. (laughs) (laughs) We grew up on penguins. We put the same shit joke book. (laughs) Exactly. It's awful. So, I'm actually glad that you didn't just button me and walk out. So, I think that's actually been a success. (laughs) No, I've I've enjoyed this. Like, it's put a smile on my face. I'm really grateful to be here. Thank yeah, you for having see. me. So let's kind of wrap up. I would imagine most of the people that are going to listen to this already follow you and know who you are anyway. But let's just say these people have been living under a rock and they are brand new to podcasts and they want to expand their mind and they want to grow their, their listening audience. That just sounds like a load of shit. Where can people find you, Taylor? So I live in Coventry. It's a small town. No, it's not a town. It's a city. <laughs> Good start. I know. That started off as a joke and it just... I need to work on my delivery. Everywhere, basically. If you type in the waffle shop on the internet, on Google, my big forehead pops up. Um, Instagram... If you ask Alexa to play the Waffle Shop podcast, she does that now. She's really nice. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know it was a thing. You've made that's, it. That's how. That's how my mom listens to my podcast. You have made it. It's mad. It's insane. I, d- I don't get it at all. I'm actually, going to go into my daughter's room. To be fair, it's twenty past nine. She might be asleep. So say yeah, probably best not to do that. Alexa. <laughs> just run out <laughs> either way I'll, I'll put it in the show notes perfect so then yeah don't know where to go perfect just saved me five ten minutes worth of embarrassing myself you could have just said that and <laughs> could have be done with it yeah where's this one in that <laughs> true true <laughs> So, Mr. Taylor, any final words you want to leave us with? Any pearls of wisdom? Do you know what? 
just trust yourself, trust the process and do what's right for you. There is no right or wrong way of dealing with whatever kind of like mental challenge, as long as you're obviously not doing really bad things, mm. but you know, reach out, talk about it. And, you know, if you are struggling, you know, you're available, I'm available apart from weekends, but <laughs> you know, talk about it. Monday and, to Friday, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Monday to Friday, nine to five. <laughs> I take my lunch between 12 and one. Take my lunch between um, uh, half nine and half one. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Very exclusive window. Um, but no, like on a serious note, like, you know, open up and just talk about it because speaking from experience and, you know, likewise with yourself, like having these conversations, you know, it can change your life and turn things around and you're never on your own. Beautiful. You are not alone. <laughs> Don't know the I'm name here line. with you. It's been a delight having you on. Um, oh, thank you. I've really enjoyed it. I really appreciate the chance yeah, for a chat. I, so. fair, I, literally, <laughs> I planned this for half an hour. <laughs> oh, what the episode? Yeah, Just it, it was like on live. It was it out. Take half an hour. <laughs> Never going to be half an hour. No. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I said I'll um, I'll link everything, sort of your podcast and stuff in in the show notes to you and everyone else listening stay safe and mind your fitness stay safe and mind your fitness